This is the Internet Multicasting Service. Harper Audio presents classical scholar and poet Robert Graves reading Flying Crooked, Any Honest Housewife, A Jealous Man, and other poems. The butterfly, a cabbage white, his honest idiocy of flight, will never now, it is too late, master the art of flying straight, yet has, who knows so well as I, a just sense of how not to fly. He lurches here and there by guess and guard and hope and hopelessness. Even the aerobatic swift has not his flying crooked gift. Any honest housewife would sort them out, having a nose for fish, an eye for apples. Is it any mystery who are the sound and who are the rotten? Never by her lights. Any honest housewife who, by ill fortune, ever engaged a slut to scrub for her, could instantly distinguish from the workers the lazy, the liars, and the petty thieves. Does this denote a sixth peculiar sense gifted to housewives for their vestal needs? Or is it failure of the usual five in all unthrifty writers on this head? To be homeless is a pride to the jealous man prowling hungry down the night lanes, who has no steel at his side, no drink hot in his mouth, but a mind dream-enlarged, who witnesses warfare Man with woman, hugely raging from hedge to hedge. The raw knotted oak club, clenched in the raw fist, the ivy news well flung. The thronged din of battle, gaspings of the throat snared, snores of the better dying. Tall corpses, braced together, fallen in clammy furrows, male and female. Or among horns of nettle, humped in noisome heaps, male and female. He glowers in the choked roadway between twin churchyards like a turnip ghost. Here, the rain-worn headstone. There, the Celtic cross in rank white marble. This jealous man is smitten. His fear-jerked forehead sweats a fine musk. A score of bats, bewitched by the ruttish odour, swoop singing at his head. Nuns, bricked up alive within the neighbouring wall, wail in cat-like longing. Crow-cocks, crow-loud, reprieve the doomed devil. Has he not died enough? Now, out of careless sleep, she wakes and greet him coldly, the woman at home. She, with a private wonder, her shoes bemired and bloody. His war was not hers. Into exile, with only a few shirts, some gold coin, and the necessary papers, but wins the contrary. The channel packet, time after time, returns the seasick pier to sandwich, deal, or rye. He does not land, but keeps his cabin. So at last we find him 
in humble lodgings at perhaps Dieppe, his shirts unpacked, his nightcap on a peg, passing the day with cards and swordsmanship, or merry passages with chambermaids, by night at his old work, and all is well. The country wine wholesome, although so sharp, and French his second tongue. A faithful valet brushes his hat and brings him newspapers. This nobleman is at home anywhere. His castle being, the valet says, his title. The cares of the state would incommode such tasks as now his lordship has in hand. His lordship, says the valet, contemplates a profitable absence of some years. Has he no friend at court to intercede? He wants none. Exiles, but another name for an old habit of non-residence in all but the recesses of his cloak. It was this angered a great personage. The vague sea thuds against the marble cliffs, and from their fragments, age-long grinds, pebbles like flowers. Or the vague weather wanders in the fields, and upspring flowers with coloured buds, like marble pebbles. The beauty of the flowers is time, death grieved. The pebbles' beauty, too, is time, life wearied. It is easy to admire a blowing flower or a smooth pebble, flower-like freaked by time and vagueness. Time is time's ease, and the sweet oil that coaxes all obstinate locks and rusty hinges to loving-kindness. And am I proof against that lovesome pair, old age and childhood, twins in time, in sorrowful vagueness, and will I not pretend the accustomed thanks, humouring age with filial flowers, childhood with pebbles? Those famous men of old, the ogres, they had long beards and stinking armpits. They were wide-mouthed, long-yarded and great-bellied, yet of no taller stature, sirs, than you. They lived on Ogre Strand, which was no place but the churl's terror of their vast extent, where every foot was three and thirty inches, and every penny bought a whole hog. Now of their company, none survive, not one. The times being, thank God, unfavourable to all but nightmare shadows of their fame. Their images stand howling on the hill the winds enforced against their wide mouths, whose granite haunches country folk salute with mayday kisses and whose knobbed knees. So many feats they did to admiration. With their enormous throats they sang louder than ten cathedral choirs. With their grand yards stormed the most rare and obstinate maidenheads. With their strong gutted and capacious bellies digested stones and glass like ostriches. They dug great pits and heaped huge mounds, deflected rivers, wrestled with a bear, and hammered judgments for posterity, for the sweet cupid-lipped and tassel-yarded 
delicate stomach dwellers in Pygmy Alley, where, with brooding on them, a foot is shrunk to seven inches, and twelvepence will not buy a spare rib. And who would judge between ogres and pygmies, the thundering text, the snivelling commentary, reading between such covers, he will marvel how his own members bloat and shrink again. To bring the dead to life is no great magic. Few are wholly dead. Blow on a dead man's embers, and a live flame will start. Let his forgotten griefs be now, and now his withered hopes. Subdue your pen to his handwriting, until it prove as natural to sign his name as yours. Limp as he limped, swear by the oaths he swore. If he wore black, affect the same. If he had gouty fingers, be yours gouty too. Assemble tokens intimate of him, a ring, a hood, a chair. Around these elements, then build a home familiar to the greedy revenant. So grant him life, but reckon that the grave which housed him may not be empty now. You, in his spotted garments, shall yourself lie wrapped. She then, like snow, in a dark night, fell secretly. And the world waked with dazzling of the drowsy eye, so that some muttered, too much light, and drew the curtains close. Like snow, warmer than fingers feared, and the soil friendly, holding the histories of the night in yet unmelted tracks. This has been Harper Audio. HarperCollins is the copyright owner of this recording and has consented to a limited distribution of Harper Audio as an 8 kHz computer sound file on Internet Town Hall. It is a violation of United States and international copyright laws to copy these recordings in any other way. Harper Audio is a trademark of HarperCollins Publishers, Inc. To order a copy of this tape or to request a catalog of all Harper Audio spoken word cassettes, please call 1-800-C-HARPER or 717-941-1214 or send mail to harper at town.hall.org. This has been a production of the Internet Multicasting Service. Support for Harper Audio is provided by HarperCollins and by Sun Microsystems and O'Reilly & Associates. Network connectivity for the Internet Multicasting Service is provided by UUNet Technologies and MFS Datanet.